the Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by the game Best Fiends. Researching for this show can, on some days, get a little heavy. And while I love doing it, sometimes I need a little break. That's when I pull out my phone and launch my favorite palate cleanser, Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a fun and casual game filled with engaging puzzles to keep your brain entertained. Right now, I am on level 404 and loving the new challenges, which update monthly along with new levels so you never lose interest and never get bored. You can connect and play with friends from all over and create a fun little challenge of your own. My family has recently started its own challenge and it's the perfect way to have fun and stay connected while still social distancing. Best Fiends doesn't require the internet so your gameplay won't be interrupted. My favorite time to play is just before bed. I get cozy underneath a blanket, turn down the lights, and play a couple levels to wind down before drifting off to sleep. It's honestly one of my favorite parts of the day. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Remember, that's friends without the R. Best fiends. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Even the most ordinary people have secrets they don't want anyone to know. One such man was born on January 9th, 1964 a man who would kill to keep his sexuality and his fetishes a secret. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Ronald Joseph Dominique was considered a mild-mannered, harmless man. He was overweight and needed to use a cane to walk around, had a heart condition, and was known to moonlight as a Patti LaBelle impersonator at a local gay bar in Thibodeau, Louisiana. He was kind, never gave anyone anything to worry about, and was considered a good member of the community. He spent most of his free time singing in local choirs and performing with his school's glee club, helped neighbors with yard work, and picked up their groceries. While the residents of the trailer park he lived in saw him as a kind and helpful man, the men and women who frequented the gay bar he worked at saw him as off-putting and uncomfortable. Though he performed in drag many nights, Ronald never admitted nor spoke about his sexuality, which might explain the uncomfortable attitude shown at the bar. Slowly but surely, Ronald began losing touch with his friendlier side and soon began getting into trouble for things like telephone harassment, speeding, and driving while under the influence. 
Despite this, his neighbors still saw no issue with their friend Ronald. But soon, that kind, gentle man traded in DUIs for a forcible rape charge after coercing a man coming home with him in August of 1996 and attempting to tie him up. When the man refused, Ronald became violent. The victim escaped out of an open window and reported the incident. But when it came to testify against his attacker in court, the victim was nowhere to be found. The case was dropped and Ronald was let go. It was at that moment that Ronald Dominique decided that the next time he took a man home and tried to attack him, he wasn't going to let him get away to report him. Shortly after his trial ended, Ronald met what would be his first victim, a 19-year-old boy named David Mitchell. Ronald approached David and talked him into coming home with him for the evening. At some point, he began tying up the young boy, whether consensual or not, and after he was secured, Ronald raped and murdered the teen and left his body in a sugarcane field to rot. David was the first of what would become many young boys and men to fall victim to Ronald and his closeted sadomasochistic sexual drive. Over the course of nine years, Louisiana investigators in multiple parishes began finding the raped and tortured bodies of dozens of murdered homeless men all between the ages of 16 and 46. They were disposed of in bayous, sugarcane fields, roadsides, and buried in ditches. And before long, all of the victims seemed to be traced to an unknown killer that they were calling the Bayou Serial Killer. A serial killer who claimed he killed to hide his rape and bondage fetish. Not once was Ronald a suspect. His kind exterior and physical issue left him completely out of the suspect pool. So bodies continued to show up despite a task force being formed and the FBI getting involved. Most of the men were picked up at the gay bars, like the one he performed in, or straight off the streets during one of Ronald's late-night drives around town. Others were shown photos of young, attractive women who Ronald claimed was his wife and that he was picking up a third partner for their marital bed. Ronald was never married, but these men, unawares, fell for his ruse. Once they were in his house, the once calm man turned incredibly violent. According to a later account by Ronald himself, if the men he brought home refused to be tied up, he would simply let them go. It was only after they agreed to some bondage play that he took things too far. In total, 23 bodies were found and connected to the Bayou serial killer. And it wasn't until he let one of these men go that his good old boy exterior would finally come crashing down. Almost 10 years after he killed David Mitchell, Ronald released an ex-con who was living in a homeless shelter. This man mentioned he was tied up by a sickly-looking older man to his parole officer, and something clicked in his mind. The officer contacted the police, and a short while later, the police were arresting Ronald Dominique. They asked for a DNA sample in 2006, and in keeping with his gentlemanly appearance, he agreed with no issue. The sample was connected to at least two of the 23 murders, and with that, he confessed to every single last one of them. When asked why he started to kill his victims, he said he was afraid of going to jail for rape, so this was the best way to keep his secret. Ronald Dominique pleaded guilty to first-degree murder in order to avoid the death penalty, and on September 23, 2008, he was sentenced to eight consecutive life terms. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 10th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon 
or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.